the Niners Nation podcast. Niner Nate here with you again, and it's kooky crazy land here in Niners land. It's never ending. It's uh, like a merry-go-round that never stops, and hopefully one day it does, and Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. With me, as always, is Leo Luna of 49GM, 49ersgoldmine.com. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Today is actually Margarita Day, National Margarita Day, so while we're recording this podcast, I decided to pour one up um, and, and drink it while we talk some 49ers football, as well as we got a terrific guest on. Go ahead and introduce him, Nate. And our special guest this week is Jake Hutchinson of KNBR. How are you doing, man? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I think that we, you know, we're trying to get as many different people as we can to come on and talk this offseason so it never gets boring. We always have different opinions and you know, it's another crazy week in Niners land. It seems like the, like I said, that merry-go-round ain't stopping anytime soon, and it gets better every week. I feel like. Yeah, this is gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be weird because there's no combine. There's just everybody's got time on their hands. Like we've had two quarterback trades already, so like it's only gonna be weirder. Like, uh, you know, you're gonna have a bunch of veterans who shouldn't be getting cut get cut because the salary cap's all screwed up. Like, it's just gonna be a weird off season that only gets weirder. I think. I think that's, but that at least makes it fun. So we're not just sitting around talking about a whole lot totally. of nothing. So, I mean, it works out. I mean, let's start real quick with, with some of the craziness that's happened since the last time we talked. So Carson Wentz was traded to the Indianapolis Colts for a second and a third. Do you guys think that that, that was what Carson Wentz should have gone? We talked about Carson Wentz on this show a couple of weeks back. I didn't think that, you know, he would go to the Niners. I mean, what do you guys think about that trade? I weirdly think it makes sense for all parties. Like, I am not a fan of Carson Wentz in the slightest. But, like, you know, if you're the Colts, like, you need someone who is somewhat of a proven asset. And, you know, there's not many options out there for them. Like, you can go after, like, Mitch Trubisky. Like, but I don't think anyone's really excited about that prospect. So, I mean, Carson Wentz, I guess they're betting that, like, his body just let him down and new atmosphere behind, like, a really solid offensive line. Uh, with the coach, Frank Reich, that, like, got the best out of him. Like, it's not a bad bet. Um, the price, like, a little high, but they set their price and, you know, they stuck to it. And and if he does become worth a first-round pick, then they're in the playoffs. So, I mean, it's – I don't want Carson Wentz on my team, but I get why they did it. Same. I, li- I like how Jake just opened up the, the door for myself to answer some Trubisky questions now. Um but I, I agree when it comes to Wentz is he's going to go back with Frank Wright, and that's when he looked like an MVP caliber player. Yes, that was pre-ACL. I get it. Um, and he looked completely different from the player that he was before that ACL injury this past season. Uh, do I think it could work for the Colts? Absolutely. I think it could work for them. Would I have wanted the 49ers to make that trade? Even if it does work out for the Colts, would I have wanted the 49ers to make that trade in hindsight in 2020, I'm still going to say no now. And even probably two, three years later, I'm still going to say, yeah, even if he won a Super Bowl, I'm just, good. I, I didn't want that trade regardless, because if there is a situation that can make Wentz work, I think it's going to be Indianapolis. It's not going to be uh, San Francisco, because what's very known through the community is Kyle Shanahan has a legit doghouse. And when you're in that doghouse, it's hard to overcome that doghouse. I've only seen one player do it, and that was a pillow Witherspoon. Um, so uh, what happened with Wentz in Philly could definitely happen again in San Francisco. Um, so that that's the reason why I didn't want any part of that. With Wentz, I just don't think it's as exciting as, you know, and when we talk about like Jimmy Garoppolo, like upgrading over Jimmy Garoppolo, I think that you really want to go with something a little more exciting like Deshaun Watson, like Matthew Stafford was. Um, you know, and then like also like, you know, drafting a guy like that's the kind of upgrade you're looking for. I feel like the Wentz upgrade is there. Yes, he probably is better than Jimmy Garoppolo in some ways, but I don't think it would be worth giving up that kind of, you know, trade asset. Just like it's not, you know, we talked about Sam Darnold, not really worth it for that. But who someone who is worth paying for, segue, uh, you know, there's a rising concern that, that Trent Williams might not resign with the 49ers. And I think this is bogus. I think that there's absolutely no way they don't get something done with him. I think that he wants to test, you know, the open market a little bit and kind of see what he can get. But I think at the end of the day, he will be a 49er. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, it would be shocking if they didn't resign him. Um, 
And then what that you know sets you up for is you have to draft a tackle, and everyone knows you have to draft a tackle. Um, so it, I, I don't really see a scenario where he doesn't come back. To me, the sticking point is going to be what does he take year one? Because that's going to be massive. To me, 49ers are really, really going to need him to come back at like $15 million in that first year. Now, to me, I think the deal is something like four years, 82, $84 million in that range because he's going to test free agency, so the market's going to be out there. But he clearly wants to stay. So I'm, it's, it's not like he's going to take a pay cut. You know, he's still going to make $20 million a year, but – he might structure it in a way that's that's a little bit more friendly to them, and and I think they need that. I, I think it's going to come in like fifteen million in that first year, um, and then in year three, year two, you know, it hits them pretty hard. Um, but yeah, they they that's the main issue is you know you look at it and they can probably create I think without touching Jimmy's deal something like thirty million dollars. You give Trent fifteen, like then you've got another fifteen to work with. You can re-sign Varent. Go after a guy like Alex Mack. If you give him 20 straight up, like you have almost no options. And that's not even talking about rookies and all the the minimum guys you need to resign. So my favorite thing about the offseason is becoming this fantasy GM or what they like to say on Twitter is Twitter GM to where I go in over the cap and I just mess around with a bunch of contracts, with a bunch of numbers. What happens if this guy's cut? What happens if this guy's traded? Um as far as they even have that tool to where you can extend Trent Williams on there and put in what his his uh, guaranteed money is going to be. And you could see the year-to-year breakdown, and that's what I did with Trent Williams. And I used those same numbers that Jake was saying. So I think I for the APY was about $21 million a year. And then I just matched, uh, I think it was 60 guaranteed I gave him because that's where the, the left tackle market is. And that's even though his age is up there, through those four years, he's deserving to get that money because any other team is going to give him that money. And I think I, I did my best Parag impression, and that year one was actually $15 million. And it they can make it work. I think where it's going to come down is to the guarantee, uh, and that's something we don't know what it is at the moment as far as what the front office is offering him, what he's requesting, and that's why it's he's going to end up becoming a free agent once that window opens, and because if if the if it's the Forty ers they're going to say, go ahead and test the market. If you don't think we're giving you fair numbers, go ahead and test the market. Whatever somebody else offers you, you want to be here, and we'll match that money. Uh, what I found interesting is that he's actually still in the Bay Area, and. Uh, we figured that out because he was on Debo Samuel's Instagram live and Debo was like, where are you at? He was, I'm in the Bay. And that's kind of strange because Trent Williams is a Texas guy. This is usually the time of the year where he's in Houston, maybe doing some type of rehab, maybe doing some type of training, like getting prepared for the off season, doing his off season workouts. He's not in the Bay. The fact that he tells me he's in the Bay right now is he may be having some lunches. He may be having some face-to-face interactions, um, they're working on something, but does it raise level of concerns when a caliber of his player hits free agency? Absolutely. I think it's the furthest thing to say he's going to be a 49er in 2021 because anything can happen in free agency. You got the Indianapolis Colts. They could go out and offer a boatload of money because they have the salary cap way more than the 49ers do. And they have that need there for the left tackle position. and. Now the 49ers are stuck in a position to where they can't pay or match Trent Williams. So it does have that concern, especially with the George Kittle situation last year. Kittle had another year on his contract. He wasn't an outright free agent. That's the same thing that we're going to see with Fred Warner this offseason. Fred Warner has another year this under contract. He's not an outright free agent. So that's the scary part with Trent Williams. It's tough, man. It's tough. You look at the numbers, like they might have to June 1st, uh, Weston Richburg, you know, D Ford, they're probably going to have to just have him on the roster for another year. Cause the way his contract is set up, like he's got a partial injury guarantee and it becomes more expensive to cut him. Uh, cause he's not, I, I, if, if he's healthy by April 1st, then like you want him on the roster, but like, I really doubt that he's healthy by then. Um, and so I, I think they have to eat that money, which is, it's just brutal. Um, 
they, they don't they don't have a lot to work with, man. They don't have a lot to work with, and and that's the scary thing is you know they they gave up their option. You know they could have um, what's it called? They could have uh, they could have franchise tagged him, and and they got rid of that option. You know as as like a you know gesture of goodwill, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's not the best business practice, especially if he signs elsewhere. Um, I, I think that's. If you guys can explain that one to me, like, I, I don't know if anyone understands that move. Yeah, I, I see it as, hey, you were in a show in Washington. Come over here. We'll, you know, blind good faith. We'll go ahead and take away that franchise tag. We're not going to give you that dirty franchise tag. We'll pay you top of the market once the season comes and you show that you're healthy. And now you look at it towards like, what? why the hell did we do that once again? I don't know. I, I like you, you, that's your only leverage. And I, what is and I, I think the numbers are about 15 million. I might be wrong on that. Um, but I mean, maybe saving so much money if they just franchise tagged him and then went from there. But goodwill isn't worth much if he signs elsewhere. You know, it's funny you bring up D Ford and I, I want to change the subject real quick. This idea that, you know, D Ford, they pretty much set it up where he has to be on the roster, you know, next year. Isn't it weird that they decided to restructure D Ford's contract, who hasn't played just as much as Jimmy Garoppolo, but they didn't restructure Jimmy Garoppolo's contract? Is that ever? I, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Isn't that a weird thing, or is it just me? That's that's something that's been pretty conspicuous about this team. Is they could have kept DeForest Buckner if they restructured Jimmy Garoppolo's deal, and it's not like I'm just saying that to no, no, no. Like if they restructured Jimmy Garoppolo's money like they that was DeForest Buckner like right there fits fits in perfectly and they chose not to do it um I don't even disagree necessarily with the decision I mean I wouldn't have I don't know if I would have traded DeForest Buckner um well we can talk about that all day um (laughs) but yeah they have not touched Jimmy Garoppolo's money it's been really obvious that they don't want to touch it I do think this is one year they they might have to um just because the way this salary cap is looking, and I'm not saying restructure the entire deal, but they might have to cut like three or four million out of it just to give themselves some operating expenses. Like if they want to sign Alex Mack, you know, maybe front Jimmy four million dollars. Um, you're still going to be able to cut him for savings of like twenty million next year. Uh, I think you would you'd take that just to give yourself a chance to be competitive this year. Yeah, that's a that's a great thing uh, when looking at the D Ford restructure compared to why not jimmy uh these guys know what they're doing they're pretty smart pro gets a lot of praise online but yet they were still willing to touch d ford's contract knowing that they were going to have that 11 million dollar injury guarantee pop up um so that's where it waves the flag for me to where i'm not saying oh jimmy's the guy just another year with jimmy um because if they're willing to touch all these other contracts before jimmy that tells me they're not sold on the guy yet. So if they're not sold on the guy, I can't preach for him because he gave me a lot of Shanahan passes that were schemed open that were nice um, that made him have a good year in 2019. It seems bizarre that, you know, yes, I think they're going to cut Weston for sure. Like I think he's gone. But it just seems bizarre to me that, you know, you have this guy in D Ford who when he was healthy, he was phenomenal, right? Just awesome. You look back last year, you know, say you don't cut DeForest Buckner, you're picking 31st. You can't go quarterback there. So why don't you restructure Jimmy Garoppolo's deal then and keep DeForest Buckner? They have specifically worked towards not restructuring Jimmy's deal to look at moving off of Jimmy for almost two years now. You know, we have the Tom Brady rumors. We had the Stafford rumors a couple weeks ago. And now we're hearing more rumors again of a 49ers Jimmy Garoppolo trade. So here's the the meat and potatoes of the show. You know, this trade that everyone keeps talking about, Mayoko's starting to tweet about it. We had an interesting uh, occurrence with Adam Schefter this week where someone said, well, Adam Schefter said that Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy next year. And Adam Schefter said, when did I say that? He actually talked to a random 49ers Twitter person and said, when did I say that? So we're, and now the rumor is that, you know, there's a trade option, Matt Mayoko's Putting out trade options. So, Jake, when you think of a 49ers Jimmy Garoppolo trade, what does that mean to you? 
I don't mean to to be the guy that's like it's I don't think it's gonna happen. Um but like there's the guy like Stafford was like the reasonable option, right? Like that's that's the move they were gonna make. Um and then the Rams just came out with that insane offer. To me it's like I don't know how many like who would you who would you go that's like a clear upgrade over Jimmy? Like and I'm not saying like who we think is a clear upgrade, who Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers look at and they're like that guy is better than Jimmy. This is worth it. Um, Deshaun Watson, clearly, he's not going to get moved. And if he does, someone else is going to outbid the 49ers for him. Um, they could offer whatever and probably get a deal done. But like that means Fred Warner. That means other guys involved, which, you know, you can debate if you want that or not. I, I think if you get Deshaun Watson, it, you know, may be worth it. Um but with Jimmy, I just don't know of a destination that makes sense because I, I have trouble seeing Kyle going with a rookie quarterback with the way the team is set up right now. They're built to win. If you get a competent year out of Jimmy, you're going to the playoffs. Um, how far that extends? Like, is that a Super Bowl? Who knows? You have to get a, a insane defensive line play, um, which, you know, maybe you're hoping D4 gets back and you also draft the defensive end, which is probably the most likely scenario here. Uh, just based on how this team operates. Um, but it's hard for me to figure out a, a, a Jimmy Garoppolo trade that makes sense. Like the one that keeps popping up is Sam Darnold. They're, I, I, like, are you, you want to trade a second round pick for a guy who's had a terrible career by every stretch of the imagination? Like I know he's been coached by Adam Gase and has had a terrible line uh, for most of his career, but like he has been awful. Um, <laughs> if you're just going to replace Jimmy for for that guy or, and bring in five extra million dollars on the salary cap um like you might as well just draft a rookie quarterback you know and 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 start it from ground zero so I just at this point you know given the two moves that have been made it it feels like a wait and see sort of what happens um once the new year league year rolls around once some of these these cuts start getting made Uh, I don't know if any trade makes sense immediately and looking at where the 49er second round pick is it's pick 44 that's a pretty valuable pick. You could scrape up some of those guys that got past the first round. You could get Dante Pettis for that pick. <laughs> oh, 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 gosh. Okay. Sorry. Dante's a, Dante's a great guy, but it's an easy, it's an easy joke. Now I need another margarita. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but uh, looking at that, it's imagine, yeah, we see Jimmy Garoppolo's limitations uh, on the field, but he wins. And when you have a quarterback that can win at that amount compared to a C.J. Beathard or Nick Mullins, it has a different confidence in the building. It has a different swagger in the building. And then to say, we're going to just cut ties with Jimmy Garoppolo for Sam Darnold, that's going to be really, really hard to sell not only to the fan base, but to the locker room. And you're also doing that by giving up pick 44 in the process. That's just, to me, it's it's bad business. I think. Sam Darnold, like, I just don't think there's Sam Darnold's a clear upgrade. So that's the thing is, like, when you're thinking about clear upgrades, it's just Deshaun, and I think that there are quarterbacks in this draft that are clear upgrades, maybe not right away, but I think that that's where they end up going, you know, if this ends up happening. But we're talking about, like, a Jimmy Garoppolo trade, for instance. So, you know, Cowherd puts out this report that he thinks that Jimmy Garoppolo's in the Tier 2 of quarterbacks, <laughs> and it just feels kind of... It feels like there's something in the air, kind of, like, that that is pushing towards the 49ers trying to find a way to show like, hey, he's not as bad as y'all think. You know, you can watch the film, but guess what? Coward thinks he's one of the second best, you know, second tier of quarterbacks. You know, he's won. He wins when he goes out there. He's not healthy much, but he wins. And it feels like maybe something is being brewed in the air, maybe not by the 49ers, or maybe it is by the 49ers, maybe it's Jimmy Garoppolo's agent. Like, it feels like someone is starting to push him out of San Francisco, and it's not just because us podcast guys are talking about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as far as the 49ers go, they've they've always tried to, you know, posture. Um, they haven't done it exceedingly well, um, but, you know, they always try and posture. And, and like, I, I think the idea, I don't know who's tweeting about it, but the idea that Jimmy, like, wouldn't get much in a trade, I think is kind of dumb. Like, we saw what Carson Wentz got, and his body hasn't functioned in two years. Like, I know Jimmy wasn't an MVP candidate, but, like, you know, when he's healthy, he's at least a competent quarterback. Um, to me, his value is 
you know, he, he might be worth a couple third round picks, a second or a third. Like, I don't think that's unreasonable. I didn't think that at the start of this free agency at all. I thought like maybe you get like a third or a fourth for him. Um, but teams are desperate for quarterbacks. And, you know, when you look at it, if you're trading for a starting quarterback, a guy who's been proven to one, like he went to a Super Bowl last year, um, you're going to get at least a, a second or a third or, or both. Uh, I think the idea that he's not going to get anything in a trade is they just won't trade him. Like if if, if they don't get what they want, they're not going to trade him. And that's the thing is the team's getting desperate and the team that could get desperate is where he originally got drafted from, which is the New England Patriots. One, they have the salary cap to make it happen. I, I know Chicago gets linked quite a bit because that's his hometown. They don't have the they don't have the money there. I think they're currently in negatives. Yeah, they can move some contracts around, but some of those contracts you're not going to move around for Jimmy Garoppolo because it's Akeem Hicks. Are you really going to get rid of Hicks for to get Jimmy in? Or are you going to get rid of Fuller to get Jimmy in? Probably not. So I I link as the Patriots as the favorite here. And it just makes a lot of sense. Same offense coordinator from when he was originally there. He played at a high level with that offensive coordinator. Yes, like Wentz, pre-ACL. Um, but they do run a functional offense that would fit Jimmy's game till this day. It's get the ball out fast. Uh, like, you know, throw guys in the slot. Keep the ball in the middle of the field. You're not really throwing outside the numbers too much. And I would think they would prefer another go around with Jimmy Garoppolo than another go around with Cam Newton. You mentioned the Bears. I don't think anyone who actually likes Jimmy Garoppolo wants to see Jimmy Garoppolo with the Bears because it would be the most boring, awful football you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah, that'd be that'd be brutal. I, I think one interesting thing um is if you know, I know the the report is that the Cowboys um they're not, I don't think they're going to get a deal done with Dak. I don't think he likes playing for that team. <laughs> Just uh, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, the report is that they'll they'll give him the franchise tag, but like, are they really going to do that at thirty seven point seven million in a year where the cap is is screwed? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, Adam Schefter said a while back that like it's not a, sh- a sure thing. Like he could hit free agency. Um, I think one interesting thing is like that's that's when I could see the 49ers trading Jimmy to the Patriots is if Dak Prescott comes open, 49ers make their move for him and then they trade Jimmy Um, until like a proven guy comes on the market. I I just don't see a viable way where they're going to say, hey, you know what? We we have this team that's ready to win. We're going to go with a rookie like Kyle Shanahan. I just I, I don't think he has that type of patience and. I don't blame it. Even sitting at pick 12, there's no guarantee that rookie's going to be there. Um, there's Mike Tannenbaum saying that Mac Jones is going to get picked eighth overall. So there's no guarantee there's a quarterback there at 12. So to just completely shed Jimmy and say, hey, we're going with Josh Rosen. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's not happening. That's it's not happening. It's basically showing your hand completely. And I, I mean, like, are they crazy enough to do it? There's a chance. Yeah, sure. But like, the idea that you're like, okay, I don't want to pay Jimmy Garoppolo $27 million, so I'm going to move him, and then we, everybody in the entire league knows I'm going to go try and get Justin Fields. It's kind of a scary thing. If it works, then the Niners look like geniuses. But the chances of it working seem pretty slim to none, or like, I don't know, maybe not slim to none, maybe like 20 30 40%, not, not much above 50 that it actually works because it's hard to trade up in the draft. You have to find someone who wants to trade up with you. And yeah, the Chiefs went from like pick 25 to like pick 10 one year. Right. But it feels like right now the quarterback situation in the NFL is the worst it's ever been. And it's going to be harder to trade up than it's ever been. Totally. I mean, just thinking of like a bonkers scenarios, like if, if Fields fell to the 49ers at 12, you know, you, you trade with the Patriots, get their pick at, what is it, 15? You know, you take fields, then you take an edge rusher, and then you stack it that way where you just build up. These are things that are not going to happen, but, again, it's we're bored. Um, and so, you know, I think if you were going to go with a rookie, that's the way you do it. You stack up the defensive line. Um, you stack up the offensive line. Um, you know, you make some more swings on, you know, go for, like, a guy to replace Chuck, like Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame, I really like, um, you know, just get some, you know, 
you know, we're bored. Like try try some some weird stuff, you know, just trade Jimmy for a rookie. Why not? Favorite time of the year is we're all GMs at the moment and we all come out with these fantastic ideas. We just got to make sure we write them down so we could check two years later to see how it turned out. I think that the ideal 49ers offensive line is Trent Williams, Alex Mack, and uh, Mike McGlinchey next year. Like that's because I'm not going to talk about guards because whatever. But tackles, the tackle in the center is that. That's your offensive line. And your defensive line is what you have now with potentially a, a healthy D Ford or you draft an edge rusher in the second round and you go get a rookie quarterback. I think that that gives them the best chance to win. The problem is right now is you're going into a season where you're absolutely the worst team in your division because your quarterback is so much worse than the other three. I, wouldn't I don't say, know about that. Yeah, I wouldn't say the worst team in the division. Um, I think that gets a little hype, overhyped too much as far as like who has the best quarterback because the Houston Texans, they had the best quarterback in their division last year, and they finished 4-12 and in last place. Well, I guess not Cardinals last place mess. because of the Jags. <laughs> like the Cardinals the Card- are coach, but they have a much better quarterback than us. Like, let's right. be honest. Right. No, no, no. Like, in terms of quarterback, like, they clearly have the worst one in the division. But, like, I think the Rams are, are really scary now. I still think the Seahawks are, are a mess. Um, you know, it depends what time of year, like, I I don't know what's wrong with them. There's, there's something in the water up there. Uh, maybe it's too clear. I don't know. Um, the Cardinals, like they, they got to prove something to me next year, um, to show that they're legit. Like I like Kyler Murray a lot. I don't like Cliff Kingsbury. So until he shows that he's got like a clue of what he's doing, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan, I still think is the best coach in this division. Um, you know, some people will debate that because, you know, McVeigh is, but McVeigh's also had Aaron Donald and like Jalen Ramsey and these crazy skill position players that, you know, he came into a team that was built to win. Like Kyle knew it was going to be a three-year process. Like he wasn't surprised by losing his first two years. So comparing those two things is not an exact comparison. So, uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the one thing too about you talking about the Rams is like less me is literally let them do whatever they want because they're in LA and they can do whatever they want. Just like the Dodgers. Like they're just an LA team is a different thing than a San Francisco team. In my opinion, sorry, you can continue my bad, but I just like, that's the first thing that popped no. in my head. Literally they're, just- a, they're a weird team, man. Like they, they waited until like week 14 to like play cam acres when it was like, obvious, like they, they took him in the second round. Yeah. Like, can, what was that about? Like they just didn't play him and he was clearly Change their entire offense. I don't. I don't. They're a weird team. I, I don't know what's going on there. Les Snead makes some weird calls. So does Schneider. But they're so good. Like that's the thing. Is it doesn't right. matter how weird they are. They've been good every single year. Even the year that the Niners went to the Super Bowl, like they were still one game off of making the playoffs. This is a that's a team that's never missed the playoffs, even with Jared Goff. You know, totally. and so they, they saw that there was a definite problem with Jared Goff, and they moved off of it. And so now it's up to the Niners, who probably have. A defense on par with the Rams, maybe not as good because they don't have Aaron Donald, but that defense is still pretty talented. They have great linebackers, great edge rushers. Nick Bosa will be back. Nick Bosa will still be good. I, everyone keeps talking about how we don't know how good he's going to be. It's like, Leo, what was the stat you posted the other day? Something like he had the most pressures out of any, what was it? Yeah, it was from PFF. Uh, just most pressures from a rookie each year, I think over the past like four or five years. Um, Chase Young it was kind of the golden boy this season as one of those rookie edge rushers. Even just as an edge rusher overall, his pressures, I believe, was somewhere in the 40 range, while Nick Bosa in 2019 was in the 80 range. They're so stacked on defense, and I think they're so talented. Why let a quarterback hold you back is my biggest problem I have with the, them, at the, with the Niners at this point. They're letting a quarterback hold them back from you know truly being the dynasty team that could go do what the Chiefs do every year where they make the playoffs and they're always in the playoffs and they're always in the AFC championships. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like at the start of this, I, I thought they really needed to make a move. Now I, I don't know what move there is to make. Um, you know, if you want to try and trade up for, for Zach Wilson or, you know, I, I just don't know that like this team's not going to make that move. And again, it's like, you're you're betting on a rookie quarterback or like I just don't know what options are out there. You're you're really limited. So if the 49ers do trade up, 
what would be that sweet spot uh, as far as like pick range? Where would that be in your idea? And what player do you think they would specifically target in that little sweet spot range? I really think it has to be um, Zach Wilson. Like if you're going to like trade up for any quarterback, like Wilson is a guy who you can see fitting into this system. He's got the athleticism to escape pressure, to run, um, and he makes throws quickly. Like that's that's the biggest difference I notice. like with Fields. Fields, I don't think his issue is actually reading the field. I think it's how deliberate he is. He takes a lot of time uh, to set back and like scan and actually get rid of the ball. And what Jimmy does so well and where you have to really give him credit for is that he gets the ball out on time. Um, Zach Wilson clearly has that capability and you can see him fitting into this offense right away. You can see where it fits. Uh, and he said he understands basically or appreciates this offense. Um, I'm not saying Justin Fields wouldn't comprehend it. I think he'd be fine in this, but I think it would take him a little bit more time with the speed. Um, I think if you're going to go for a rookie quarterback and you're going to say, Hey, you know what? We're moving on from Jimmy. We're choosing this guy. It has to be a guy who you can see that processing speed right away. It's quick. Uh, again, I think Fields can get there, but day one, I, I would not make that bet. You know, you hear a lot about, you know, quarterbacks Kyle Shanahan likes, and people talk about Mac Jones. And I don't think Mac Jones is even someone that Kyle likes. You know, watching Kyle, like watching Jimmy Garoppolo, I feel like is you could tell the, the, the gears in Kyle Shanahan's head are constantly turning just like how the hell did i get stuck with this man who does not move at all are you i feel like he wants a running guy are you talking about the times where you could see on the all 22 and jimmy makes a ball and it's inaccurate and kyle shanahan throws up his hands i mean yes (laughs) but i was trying to be like fly about it and not like you know just throw him under the bus but the thing is is like with justin fields there is that connection that me and leo have talked about a lot he there's a quarterback collective Kyle's been a part of it a lot, and Justin Fields was part of it. Do you? I mean, do you think that, that any of that is a factor in him wanting to go get a Justin Fields and take you know take a chance on that guy because he's had more experience with him through you know doing that kind of stuff and you know being around him at least? I think it's 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 pretty helpful in terms of like Kyle will know how he feels about him already, but like he might not have you know like just because he was around him like he might not have been impressed. Like we don't. We don't know. Um, I, I would guess he was impressed by seeing Justin Fields' arm strength up close, but in terms of like, hey, this guy could be in my offense one day, you know, Kyle was maybe not thinking that way at the time because these guys are so young when they go in there. I do think that that's an interesting connection, though, because um, you get a sense of, you know, what a guy's actually like. And clearly, the issue with Fields is not work ethic or intelligence. Really smart dude who – like has a great personality. I don't think any teams are going to have any questions about that. Um, but as far as Mac Jones goes, I, I kind of disagree. I think Kyle would love Mac Jones. I think he's got a lot of Kirk Cousins in him. He's not elusive, um, but, you know, he can get away from stuff. His I don't know. Can someone explain what his shoulder pads are doing? Uh, he's got shoulder pads that, like, go up to his ears that it just looks hysterical. He's an awkward, uh, just an awkward guy. Uh, it's kind of uh, chunky. I like it. Yeah, I seen him at the <laughs> Senior Bowl, and – the way he just stands there, all awkward, looks like if you were in uh, create a player mode in Madden, that's kind of how he stands or just hand, or another stance is just awkward, was like hands behind his back holding his elbow. It was he, he's just weird, but I guess it gets the job done since that report today that Devontae Smith said that he liked Mac Jones better than Tua and pre-draft or even going to Tua's last season in Alabama, we were all screaming like, oh, Tua's breeze. And now we want to say that Mac Jones is Kirk Cousins. Well, I, I guess it's not that bad if you have a guy that's a Heisman Trophy winner saying that he likes Mac Jones better than Tua. Yeah. I um, I, I like I like Mac Jones a lot, I, I but it's it's been something that's changed where, again, we were, we were talking about this a little bit, but it went from like, hey, this guy is like a sneaky value pick, like day two. Like, you know, you could if you get him in round two, like you got a backup quarterback set up, like you can you can see what you've got. At least he's going to be competent until like now it's, you know, Mike Tannenbaum saying his floor is number eight overall pick. Like it just feels insane to me. It feels like one of those hype things that's completely switched the other way. Like 
if I was the 49ers, I would be like trying to target Mac Jones like at the start of the second round. I wouldn't give up anything more than that because they need, you know, like he's not going to start for you day one over Jimmy. So like, what's what's the point of wasting a first round pick on a, on a quarterback like that? I don't I don't care how you grade him. Um, I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I, I think from the 49ers perspective, like, you know, maybe somebody takes a, a, a swing at Mac Jones in the top 15. I, it's not going to be San Francisco, I don't think. But, you know, if he if he's as Kirk Cousins to Kyle as he is to me, then I don't know. Maybe that happens. But <laughs> I, I don't see that. You know, and it's funny you talk about Mac Jones and, you know, he has this hype now that like people are saying his ceiling is eight. But then we have the. Tony Pauline report from Pro Football Network that was like, you know, there's concerns around Justin Fields' ability to scan the field. And it's like, could something like that lead to Justin Fields getting to San Francisco? And, you know, if, because everyone thought for the longest time Trey Lance was going to get to 12. That's been a pretty, you know, over the last couple of weeks report is a Trey Lance. And now it seems like that's not even happening, that he's going to be gone. So, like, I feel like there's just so much talk about where guys are going to go, where they're going to be. Like, it's so hard to predict that this will happen to the point where I don't think that the Niners could move on from Jimmy Garoppolo just because I have no idea what's happening going on in the draft. There's so many mock drafts. There's so many crazy things happening. If, and if they don't get a quarterback in the draft, their quarterback's going to be Josh Rosen next year. <laughs> if they Yeah, it's... Um, again, I think we've all got too much time on our hands right now. Um, there's, there's a lot of like just mocks. And because of those two trades... You know, there's so much feeling of volatility in like the quarterback marketplace of like, you know, hey, there's going to be more trades and more trades and more trades. Um, But like nothing might happen. Or again, we might have like five more trades. Um, But but I I think it's tough when you when you get to the draft, you have to remember, like, it's rarely ever as many quarterbacks as we expect that go in that top. 12 10 15 range whatever you want to call it um you know in recent years we had it once i think it was that it was the sam darnold draft uh where four of them went in the the top 12 um but it's rare it's it's like you in that top 12 15 there's usually only like three guys sometimes four but like to have like mac jones trevor lawrence zach wilson trey lance like all those guys go top 15 i think that's exceedingly unlikely especially when you've got other extraordinarily talented players out there, you know, and you got teams that are desperate for tackles. Um, You know, I think when you look at the 49ers, you have to like know what positions they're willing to take in the first round. It's defensive line and it's tackle. Um, Outside of that, like, you know, you, you, there's not, there's not a lot of positions that they've shown they're willing to make the swing on. Um, So I I think that's important to keep in mind. Yeah. And I think that, while they, yes, you're totally right. I think that those are the two that they haven't moved on from. It just feels like with the way that this offseason has gone and like the reports, I don't know how much of the reports you've heard, like the kind of crazy stuff behind the scenes, how much we can really take the, you know, take it all into account. It just feels like they have to do something. Like they have to make a big swing because you can't go out there with just Josh Rosen as your backup, even if Jimmy Garoppolo is your guy, right? Like that's not going to happen. There's no way that they're just going to be like, Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh Rosen, here we go. Because like, I think they will. Up- I think they will. You really think that's what they do? It's possible. Yeah, I think it's – yeah, I I think it's pretty likely that's what they do. Um, And I was kind of with you at the start of this. I I felt like they had to make a move. But then, you know, the market is stupid. Like, they shouldn't shouldn't have matched what the Rams offered. Um, They definitely shouldn't have traded for Carson Wentz. And so, like – to hold on for another year with Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, I think their ceiling is really limited by what they do with the defensive line, and it's way, way, way harder to try and replicate what they had going into the Super Bowl. So do I like their chances of going to the Super Bowl and winning with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback? You know, all this all this stuff constraining, you know, trying to swing on another rookie defensive end. No, I don't love those chances, but I think that's the bet they make, and and I'd understand why they do it. Um, if I were them, like if Justin Fields fell into that range, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take that swing. Um, but I don't think they're going to trade up for a quarterback. Um, I don't think they're going to take Mac Jones at 12. Um, 
I Trey Lance, I, I really, really doubt. It's just there's so many question marks about so many of these guys because of limited play time in college and you know, and just stockpiling assets in a year where you need cheap assets. It's it's tough for me to see them, you know, making a move unless it's Watson. And again, from everything we've heard, Watson's not really available, at least at the moment. I mean, like, and that's the thing is if if Watson is available what is the crazy price that the 49ers are willing to pay? We've talked about that before on the show too, is like, are you willing to let go of one of these big pieces that have, you know, helped you be this insane team, you know, on defense or, you know, even George Kittle, God forbid. Right. Yeah. And just really quick on, on the Rosen, it's the 49ers were willing to go into the season with Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard four times, basically since Shanahan has been the 49ers head coach. I think we can all agree that Rosen has more upside and more talent than those other two guys in Beathard and Mullen. So you consider that while it may be marginable, you would still consider it an upgrade at the QB2 position. Totally. And and again, like in terms of like Mac Jones, that's what I was looking for when it comes to the 49ers. Like if you get him in the second round, that's a guy who like this team needs an upgrade at backup. Like Jimmy's been injured so often that like if you just get competent quarterback play from your backup, that's like a huge, a huge boon. But like I'm I'm with you, Nate, on that. Like we're talking about the backup. If you have a star quarterback, you're not talking about the backup. Like no one's talking about Geno Smith in Seattle, right? So <laughs> it, it is something where it's like they 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 should take a swing at some point. I just don't think it's going to be now. I, I think unless somebody falls to them at 12 that they're really in love with, or like, you know, Zach Wilson falls outside of the top five and they say, we like that value. Um, I, I find it hard to, to, to see a route where they don't have Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback on, on day one. That sucks. I mean, like that's the, that's the reality <laughs> we're living in, you know, like I'm sitting here and I don't know what to say to you. Cause I'm just like, you know, the Niners Nation uh, brand for this show is just hype all the time, just nonstop, right? But, you know, the hype train <laughs> stopped real early last year, and so we just want to get it going again so bad with a real quarterback, someone fun to watch. Like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm with you, man. It's painful to watch this offense under Jimmy sometimes. Well, most of the time. Um, <laughs> it's just – it would be nice to see, like, a really talented athletic quarterback in this offense – Although Kyle's like never shown that he's actually liked athleticism in a quarterback, <laughs> you know, he like hated RG three. So I don't know who knows, but then there's the rumors that he liked Russell Wilson. So like, it's so crazy. You never know what's actually yeah. going on. like Kyle's evaluation processes can are confounding. You know, it's, it's, when, it's tough to know what's going on in his head. It doesn't come out until years later that Kyle was like, Oh yeah, I actually like that guy or I actually like that. Prescott. I actually like Russell Wilson. It's like, wait, well, why didn't you just? Yeah, a lot of guys say that, say that when the guy pans out. I don't think anyone really right now is saying, "Hey, I loved Josh Rosen." That was all pre-draft right. stuff. <laughs> I like Josh Rosen. <laughs> I was into him. I was in living in Seattle, and I remember I went to Washington UCLA just to go watch Josh Rosen in person because I was like, "This is the next quarterback of the 49ers. This is my guy." And then they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo the following week, and I was like, "Okay, well." Here we go. And then he was actually good for that, you know, that, that season. He was so fun to watch. And then I just, I'll never understand what happened. Like, did he trick us all? Are we all stupid? Was he that? Was he good in 2017? And, and then he's bad. Like, I just don't get what happened there because I thought he was good. I think all of us did. He was. And, and last year he was like, I, I argued Jimmy was like a borderline top 10. And, and by top 10, I mean, literally 10th, like quarterback last year. Um, not that not that he was yeah oh yeah last last year uh the super bowl year um <laughs> yeah it's it's tough though like you go back and like even the new orleans game like a lot of those deep balls were just woefully underthrown like required emmanuel sanders like to fall down and make catches on him and so you go back and you're like am i was i just like sucked into the hype because like it's not like he was a lot of these throws were just so well designed and he was making them and so it's like he was just pretty decent last year. And, you know, I, I think maybe we gave too much credit to the fact that he had a full offseason, but he didn't really have a full offseason. Uh, I think the 49ers whole injury situation just kind of snowballed. 
I'd be interested to to see what happens. Like this team actually with a full off season, you know, it's it's tough though to try and go in and say Jimmy Garoppolo's the guy and they're going to make the Super Bowl. I, I'm not I'm not making that bet. Well, you brought up the Emmanuel Sanders New Orleans uh, touchdown a touchdown with you know I'm squinting my fingers here catch because that was woefully underthrown. It was the same thing in Baltimore, even though it was a monsoon coming down. It was basically Debo Samuel fair catching it and Marcus Peters having no idea where that football was. Uh, And that ended up in a touchdown. So when looking at that, Jimmy Garoppolo's deep balls, not this is my opinion solely, his deep ball is not going to improve in 2021 unless he starts using his legs to let that ball go. Because from what I notice, it's all just hip and arms. And that's why you're not seeing very many spirals down the field and they're dying out a little faster because he's not getting that true power like most quarterbacks would throw deep ball. Maybe he needs to start wearing Levi's during games. Yeah, (laughs) maybe that'll do it. Teams will be so distracted by the the skinny jeans. They're like, damn, he looks good in those jeans. He'll have more time to throw. He'll still have his Jordans on. So, you know, it kind of works. Right. It sucks because he's like he's such a likable guy, but like he's not a he's not a great quarterback. And the thing is, like, there's so much argument about like, oh, is he actually? It's like no, he's like average. Like he's an average quarterback. Yeah. Like he's not terrible. No. Um, sometimes he's terrible, but like sometimes he's really good. Like I I just think he's an average quarterback who is in a system that's really good, and so that tends to work. Yeah, exactly. He's average. Uh, sometimes he's terrible and sometimes he's good. That's what makes him average um, because right. you're going to get probably a steady pace through Jimmy Garoppolo. And, um, you know, that that's why it's called an average because you're bad and then you're good. And then sometimes <laughs> you're in the middle. But, man, I don't want average. I want something above average. Like, go get me Zach Wilson. Go get me Justin Fields. Trade the farm away for Deshaun Watson. I don't want to watch average anymore. We watched average for like 15 years. I'm going off. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're right, man. No, below below average. We watched below average. No, Colin Kaepernick had, was, had, had a higher ceiling than any of these guys ever did, but we're not talking about him. I'm tired of watching poor quarterback play week in and week out and be like, well, you know, Kyle's got to scheme that play open more. No. Russell Wilson doesn't be like, well, Pete, you know, Pete just, you know, he didn't he didn't scheme it right. He's like, no, Russell Wilson makes plays. Russell Wilson does more. The reason the Seahawks are good every year is because Russell Wilson. You think if they didn't go get Deshaun Watson or Justin Fields didn't turn out to be the next star, that we're going to be yelling at Kyle for missing an open throw or something like that. Like, Kyle gets all this blame when there's so much more that is at stake here. Like, they've had average quarterback play, as you just said, for four years now. And one of the years they made to the play, the, the Super Bowl, not just the playoffs, the Super Bowl with average quarterback play. If they get above average quarterback play on a week-in, week-out basis, they are a dynasty. I'm with they you. can go to the Super Bowl every year because Kyle Shanahan is a top three head coach in the league, and I don't think that's a crazy statement to make. I'm with you. I'm with you. And listen, like I, I've, I've looked at all this, uh, and and the thing is, it's just I try and look at things like not from my perspective and like what I like about all these rookies. It's like, how how does Kyle look at it? How does John Lynch look at it? And how do they like assess risk? And it's just like, I think Zach Wilson is a guy they would be willing to make the bet on, but the price is probably going to be too high, especially when you're probably going to keep Jimmy around. Like if they're going to draft a rookie quarterback, I think they're going to keep Jimmy around and keep him just because the cost year one of, of having a first round quarterback is so cheap. Like it's worth it. And you can cut Jimmy at any time. You can trade him at any time. Um, but like, there's so many other questions about these guys that like I just unless they fall to him at 12, I just I find it really difficult to see that playing out. But I'm with you. Like they need to take a shot, and you know if you take a shot on a rookie QB, it resets the cap. Like you can cut Jimmy next year, and then you've got basically 20 million dollars in free space. And you can do a lot with that money, especially when the cap shoots up next year. So, you know, you bring a guy in this year, see where he's at. Like, that's not a bad bet. I just don't know that the 49ers are going to be willing to make that bet when, you know, they look at it and say, hey, if we just draft another edge rusher, we're going to be back in the playoffs and maybe in the Super Bowl again. Right. And I think if they get a guy like Zach Wilson, that Jimmy spot wouldn't necessarily be safe. Um, 
yeah, you would like to have him there. But I think once you get in those those grinding days in camp where you're having seven on sevens, you're having 11 on 11s, and Zach Wilson just looks that much better with the second team, you may say, okay, let's shed something here. Let, let's just shed this 13% of the cap right now because Zach Wilson is clearly ready to go day one. But that's obviously I, Zach I Wilson. That. That, that it, I don't know if Justin Fields could do that. I don't know if Trey Lance can do that. But I, like you explained a bit, Jake, is just basically with Zach Wilson's play style, how it's quick trigger, balls out quick, and he could uh, you know escape a rush if it's coming in on him quick. We talk about Russell Wilson on the show so much because of what he did. The guy came in with like a third round draft pick, came in, and he was not going to be the starter when he was drafted. Nobody said Russell Wilson will be the starter of the Seattle Seahawks going into the season. And he went into camp, and he outperformed and became the starter. So it happens. Dak did it with Tomo Romo. It happens. It does happen. Will it happen with the 49ers? I have no idea. But it won't happen unless they take a risk. It's time to take a risk. You are going to blow one of the best rosters the 49ers have ever had if you do not take a risk at this point. And that's why I get so angry on this show and why I'm so angry on Twitter because it's not, it's not a game anymore. It's win now or you're going to go back to being cellar dwellers again. And I don't want to watch that again. But I think from that perspective, the 49ers are going to say, hey, if we draft another edge rusher, that's a better way to help us win now. You know That, that may be what Kyle thinks. And before we get out of here, um, a, a lot of talk with current 49ers free agents like a lot of names get thrown out Richard Sherman Trent Williams Kyle Juszczyk uh, Jason Verrett covering the the team last season uh, seeing every being in every single zoom call uh, literally breaking down each and every play what is a current free agent of the 49ers that's going under the radar that no one's really talking about or giving any love to yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see like Ronald Blair um, because they were they were optimistic that he would come back and they can still give him, you know, the Jets can give him a lot of money. But, you know, again, he's recovering. The 49ers do have this this option where he's been on the team long enough. They can give him this tricky veteran deal where they pay him two million, but it only counts as one million on the cap. Um, and I think if you get him back, like that's going to really help, especially your run defense. Uh, yet just your middle downs, like, you know, get some guys some rest. Uh, that That's an interesting guy. And then they can bring Ben Garland back, like, if he can get healthy just as a backup again, like, cheap $1 million a year guy. Um, you know, obviously there's Trent and, and Verrett, and it, it sucks that I, I just don't see a way they can bring back Jaquaski Tart. Um, it's seeming like Kyle Juszczyk is, is not going to be viable. Um, but, yeah, I think those guys, uh, Ronald Blair, um, and, and Ben Garland are, are going to be some some sneaky ones to watch that, you know, if they can stay healthy, will really help this team, you know, win a war of attrition that they have not been able to win in recent years. Yeah, I like that one. Ronald Blair is, uh, is a guy who sacked Russell Wilson since Nate brought him up a few times today. He sacked Russell Wilson quite a few times in his career. That's actually when he got hurt last year, I believe, was against, or excuse me, 2019, was against the Seattle Seahawks sacking Russell Wilson. Um, uh, one who I'm not seeing any Twitter profiles is Harry Hyder. I, I think he was, he played a very good role. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying that he should be the, the starter opposite of Nick Bosa, but if you do pay him, which I don't think is going to be too much. I think it's getting overblown on what his market value is, uh, compared to someone like Everson Griffin, who had multiple Pro Bowls in his career and still only picked up $6 million last year. I think uh, with Kerry Hyder, he's definitely going to be under that $6 million mark. So if you could get him and he just ends up starting opposite of Nick Bosa, even though you want a speed guy over there, well, he already led your team in pressures, led your team in sacks. His motor is outstanding. He does not give up on plays. And those are guys you want in the locker room. And he's not going to cost necessarily a Brett contract. He's not costing a Trent Williams contract. Yet, I am not seeing any uh, Carrie Hyder season profiles on Twitter. Yeah, I, I think it's it's unfortunate. Like, you just look at it and, like, they can't afford anybody, you know? Like, you you get Trent and you get Verrett, and, like, you can go after, like, Alex Mack if he's, like, available for 3 or $4 million. 
um, which even for Alex Mack at 34 years old is or 36 is still kind of a steal. Like I just carry Hyder. I think he hasn't made money in his career. Like he, this is his time to get his money. It's a terrible market to, for for him to have played a great season in. Um, but I think it's going to be something like three or four million. And I genuinely think that's just looking at the cap. That's too much for this team unless they want to touch Jimmy's money. And it's like you're not touching Jimmy's money to to get Kerry Hyder. Um, one interesting option, though, I think is you know if they if they do the post June first cut with Weston Richburg. That opens up something like $8 million. And one thing I want to look out for this free agency is after June 1st, because a lot of teams are going to have to use that. Normally, that's like that's something teams do to, to save some restructure or extension money later on. But this year, teams are so screwed with the salary cap. I think you're going to see a lot of guys that are post-June 1st cuts. And there's going to be a mini second wave after June 1st. And so... I think if they do Richburg that way, they they could save some money and maybe a guy like Hyder kind of holds out for that secondary market. I, I could see that happening. But I, I just think that that first free agent wave, like it, it's going to be tough. And you also look at it from Kyle's perspective is who is he going to pay uh, if he has Alex Smith, Alex Mack looking to agree at three million and Kerry Hyder looking to agree at three million. I feel like us three here is going to say that Kyle would probably prefer Alex Mack at that three million price. Totally. Kyle values, you know, center and tackles above everything else. I mean, like that's been always the thing is like everyone talks about, oh, they need to go draft a guard high. And it's like, Kyle doesn't get you know, a guard high. Kyle never does guards high. Like, what are you talking about? It is unfortunate because like a guard would do like so much for this team just to like a, a really athletic guard. Um, I get it. Like, it's not a position they've chosen. They like defensive tackle. They don't want to pay defensive tackles. Um, I mean, they paid Eric Armstead, but like he's kind of both, um, I, even though he's more of a defensive tackle. But like they set their price on positions and guard is not a position that, you know, they're they're willing to pay. They're they're paying Lake and Tomlinson like six million, something like that. And I, I don't think they're they're really willing to exceed that. Well, they might have beaten the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So last time I'll bring up the Super Bowl on this show. Uh, they might have beaten the Chiefs if they had a guard that can block. Uh, Chris Jones I'm with you I'm with you I, I re, I'd lo- that's like a position where I know everyone gets excited but like I would love to see this team take a guard like third round or fourth round or something like just a bulldozer like someone who's athletic like that would that would bring me a lot of joy just to see and it's not like I dislike Daniel Brunskill but like they need somebody who is like being the aggressor and not getting you know taken off they couldn't get. They had no one that could get second level consistently from center and right guard last year. It was it was hard to watch. And I think that you know maybe they'll mesh a little bit better with an Alex Mack and you know once Trent was signed. And I think that maybe McGlinchey will be better and not get bulldozed by DBs. Hopefully. Yeah, get that man a protein smoothie, man. Like <laughs> Jesus, Come on some weight. Feet. Concrete feet, as Leo says it. Yes. Um. Well, we've gone we've gone long enough. I we kind of went off on a quarterback tangent, which seems to be the mo of this show. So, uh, Jake, thanks for coming on, man. Is there anything you want to pitch or anything you want to plug before you uh, get off here? No, not just you know. Follow me if you want on Twitter at uh, Hutch Diesel. That's about it. I'm uh, I'm just out here with my dog, tending to my garden, cooking food, you know, sweating a lot, and uh, and watching bad college film. That's what it's all about. What are you cooking today? I'm making some branzino with blood orange, uh, maybe a little fennel, so maybe a soup. I've never you know? heard any of those words you just said. I've got a lot of time on my hands. I was I've been watching Anthony Bourdain. You know, just got to do something to keep from going absolutely insane. I don't know what what any of those words are. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to create what a is it? separate Twitter page and just Jake's. Food, his gourmet food, like it's gonna have to be completely separate. You have to explain what the words are too, because I, like I said, <laughs> Branzino's Branzino's like a big old, it's a big old fish. That's okay. that's about it. You know, you cut some holes in it, throw some citrus in there. Any any fish, you throw a little lime and lemon and orange in there, it's pretty good. All right, if you want to check out some food stuff, make sure you follow him. He also <laughs> does a bunch of stuff for KMVR, so you can check that out too. Leo, how can people check out your stuff? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Leo Luna. 93 as well as everything in writing on 49ersgoldmine.com and you can follow me at 9 or 49 
I was going to try and turn over a new leaf and not yell about the quarterbacks, and that lasted <laughs> less than a day. I was trying to be a Trent Williams stan account, and for some reason, I just can't stop yelling about Jimmy Garoppolo. I think I have a problem. Um, I don't know what to say there, but it's, it's just bad. I really need them to fix this. I don't care how they do it. Just fix it, please. Go trade for Deshaun Watson. Do something. We will see you next time on the Niners Nation podcast. Maybe something interesting will happen. Maybe it won't. This offseason's never going to end, it feels like. Goodbye. <laughs> 